Hey, it's Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Casey Wu of Landing slash Operators Guild. We got two things we're going to talk about today with Casey. You sound so professional. Ah, I've done it about 195 times. It shows, it shows. (laughs) Thanks for having Uh, me. Casey has been my friend for a couple of years. He actually runs a community for like, let's say like COOs, CFOs called Operators Guild, which I'm a member of and I really enjoy. I learn a lot. And then he's also CFO of a company called Landing, which is a really exciting startup. So I figured we could get a little two for one action here and have Casey on the podcast and talk about both entities. Does that work? That works. Cool. Do you want to give your quick, like retrace your career a little bit and give people a little background on you so they know the context? Um, I'm from LA. I did something that most Chinese American families don't do is go to the military. Uh, shocked my entire family. I went to West Point. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had your traditional like civilian colleges, and then I had one called the Military Academy, and they're like, which one are you going to go to? And when I picked the Military Academy, they're like, what? <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for challenge. Someone told me once, like, oh, West Point's really hard to get into and out of, and I just, that stuck with me, and I'm like, I want to do that. It's so badass, and it is awesome, and it was tough. Uh, I went there. West Point, or what military college did you go to? Yeah, I went to West Point. Oh, wow. Um, the, in my business school class, the most impressive people by far were all the people who went to the military colleges. <laughs> like, And actually, when you look at them now, they're all like the most successful people. It's, it's ridiculous. Until you met me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, from there, I um, so I transferred to Harvard after two and a half years. I did so not because I didn't want to do the army, but because I started to grow a lot of interests and quickly realized... Um, so I was, I, I did well enough. I, I say that because there's like, there's the people who hate it and leave and there's people who did well enough yeah. who yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it goes by rank there. So if you're high enough ranking, you, you pretty much know what you can pick as a branch when you graduate. Uh-huh. And I wanted aviation. A lot of people do. Um, yeah. Aviation Hawaii. That's the first post and branch that goes out <laughs> and uh, Apaches and uh, Chinooks, Blackhawks. And when I s- researched it, it would be 10 year commitment. From there, two and a half more years of West Point, seven years of commitment. It's actually longer because you're talking aviation. Yeah. They spend a lot more money on you. And I was like, so what can I do in this 10 years? Can I study economics? And they're like, the finance branch just closed. You can fly helicopters. And of your 10 years, only three will be leading men. Uh, most of it's training and the others, you're too high ranking and you get out of the seat and you sit in air conditioned radar screen rooms. 
Uh, I was like, what are you after that? Well, there's people who are weather helicopter pilots. And I'm like, okay. So anyways, long story short, I, I begrudgingly had to choose because it's a 10 year commitment. Um, I went to Harvard for economics. Uh, I was the oddball out uh, who knows how to fire rifles and tanks and stuff with uh, Harvard kids. <laughs> and anyways, I jumped in and this is my story where as an economics major, you're told there's two steps to Nirvana. Step one, go to Manhattan and get an investment banking job at Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. Or Hamburg and Quist, which is where yes. I Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay. And last time I checked, I was cleaning weapons. I'm like, is this what you do? Okay. And, and, and I mean, I know I'm being facetious, but I, I really enjoyed my internship at Morgan Stanley. Uh, I think I got the job because I could tell war stories and military stories to separate myself. I definitely wasn't the smartest. They also knew you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't crack when you're working at 3 a.m. for the sixth day in a row, you know, so kind that's, of thing. That's spot on. So the, what, yeah. what, what got me the interview, I think that got me the spots was, I said, by the way, the military is, is very similar to banking. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? It's collegial. It's, you know, it's, it's attention to detail. It's endurance. It's a, and they just loved it. And, and, and actually yeah. it is true. Um, it's hardship. You know, your, your analysts are just working hundred hours. It's the same boot camp. It's just in suits versus camouflage. Yeah. Anyhow, I loved it. I uh, half my groomsmen are from Morgan Stanley and my wife. So that was a pretty good two years there. Wow. Yeah. In this what year were you there? Because we I don't know if you're older than me or younger than me. We might have been the same time. Uh oh four and oh five. Okay. I was ninety-nine to oh two. So I, I, a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. So after that, there's only one last step to Nirvana. Get a private equity or hedge fund job and retire. And it works. I'm old enough now. There's a lot of friends of mine that are just fine. And they took two steps and they're done. So yeah. at the age of 24, I, I remember I was walking on uh, Fifth Avenue. I got the call from the recruiter. It was like, you're going to get a job at Maverick Capital, well-known Tiger Cub Fund, covering retail. We're talking Under Armour, Victoria's Secret fashion shows. Yeah. You got a three billion book. You're going to learn from the best. Here's your corner office. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? And it, it was. It was super cool. I was, felt super fortunate. You're in the club. I had people calling me, how do I do hedge funds and how do I do this and all the politics behind getting in. And it was awesome. But after a year, I, I remember my, my office was bigger than my apartment and I was swinging around in the chair overlooking Central Park. I just felt really lucky. I was overpaid. 20 single Manhattan. Like, what do you have to complain about? Yeah. And I was like, there's something wrong. Wow. Is, wait, this is it. I'm supposed to do this for 10 years. I don't know if I can do this for 10 years. And I didn't know why. I'll fast forward. It took me about another four years to figure it out. So I did more um, public investing, learned a lot about that side. And eventually I learned there's two things that drive me, which by the way, is what drives operators. Number one, we like to work with others. doesn't mean we're extroverts. We love working on teams. I yeah. like the military and banking oddly more than hedge funds. I didn't understand because those are team sports. Totally. Totally. And I tell people, have you seen the big short? Oh yeah. Well, that guy, if you just pause in his office... That's 99% of what you do. It's with Yeah, Hamburg. yeah. And I remember doing hedge fund interviews um, after Hamburg and Quist or JP Morgan. And uh, the guys would just have like piles of paper in their office and they would just sit there reading research reports all day and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I had the exact, I'm totally, I'm, I'm the same exact way you are. Like, keep going. I don't want to interrupt you, but exactly, I, I'm right? on the same And when I tell the story, there's, it resonates with a lot of people because no one ever told me when I was growing up, you need to play team sports. They're just like, oh, you need to do economics or whatever. And I never realized how important environment 
Yeah. So now I know I need to be with people. I need to be with teams. Yeah. The second thing that I learned about myself is I love to build things. So investing is a very respectable, extremely difficult thing. I have incredibly impressive friends who are in it. But for me, I realized it was more like a treadmill. Yep. Different stock, same day. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting if that's what you like to do. But I like Legos and Ikea furniture and businesses. I don't care what it is that's built. Yeah. So what is the perfect world for me? High growth startups. Yeah. All a startup is, is a bunch of people building. And I took the leap, took a huge pay cut after just realizing, I don't know what it is, but let me join this 10 person company, FinTech SaaS, New York. So Silicon Alley, yeah. loved it. Wife didn't love it because I got so consumed by it, but I knew I was fish and water. I thought I was fish and water in finance. No, 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 no. And I'm going to fast forward because so, I'm way over four minutes. But basically my philosophy is you're going to do something, go where the best are. Um, if you're in the military, go to West Point, get your butt kicked. If you want to do film, you should go to Hollywood. If you want to do tech, go to the Bay Area. Um, yeah. And so I came out here and then I was kind of lonely because I switched my careers. I know a ton of Wall Street folks, but I don't know any startup folks. And by the way, this is after the 08. A few years ago, you didn't know anyone. Well, dude, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley was not something you want to see on a resume because of the crash. So you're talking to all Stripe and all these badass tech companies. They're like, ew, you're a Wall Street guy? But they loved my 10 person going to 100 tech startup. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. mad respect. But all this other stuff, get it off. You're, uh, you know. So it's yeah. ironic because it meant nothing. It meant everything yeah. in New York. It means nothing out here. Yeah. So I restarted. And this is where the OG thing comes in where I was looking for people. I, I, I wanted others to learn from. My title is VP Finance and BizOps. What the hell is that? Are you an accountant? Are you a McKinsey guy? Like, what are you? Yeah. Um, I met a lot of engineers, a lot of VCs, a lot of CEOs, but like, I didn't meet my type. In fact, I don't even know what my type was. Uh, I just called it an operator. And a guy named Jamie Seglars. He invited me too, back in the day. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He's on the podcast. He invited me to a heads of finance lunch. And I was like, wait a minute these are my people. And I didn't know that many people, but he did. And so at the end of it, I said, Hey, Jamie, I'd love to do this again, but I have an idea. I want to create like a, a mom's group for operators where it's confidential, hard hitting, helping friendship therapy, best practices. And he's like, sure. We got very lucky that five, six, I think seven person group, with like universal aligned chemistry, friendship met every month. And eventually well, there's only three rules, no promotion, solicitation, show up, what's said here stays here. Mm -hmm. We had a fourth because all of a sudden someone said, hey, I know this other awesome operator who would be great for the group. So we, okay, so there's a nomination process, no bad actors, everyone needs to agree. Seven became 15, became 50, became 100. No joke, one night when me and Jamie were working on the Operators Guild, because because it's like a night and weekend thing, yeah. my wife thought I was cheating on her. <laughs> It was like, listen, who's, who's Jamie? Who's this Jamie? Yeah, who, it's okay. It's okay. If you like guys, fine. But like, who's Jamie? What is this? It doesn't pay you anything. I said, it's this group that's kind of grown, grown out of control, but we, we love the people in it and we don't want to let the quality go down. So it just takes up more time. You'd yeah. be surprised how something that looks simple takes up that much time. Yeah, of course. And eventually it got so big that me and Jamie looked at each other and said, listen, because we don't, we didn't charge dues. It was like out of our pocket, our time. We're like, listen, we got to hire someone to help this, and and we yeah. were like really hesitant, like you know, but it's free. And, and um, at the time, Adam Newman taught me something from WeWork. Free is not good, you know. And 
of course I was like, oh, Adam, Adam, but he, he's kind of right. When, when there's no skin in the game equally in a relationship, it, it kind of perverses things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't mean charge an arm and a leg, but there was like, are you serious about this group? Are you going to attend? And that was the best decision we did. It's not a lot of money, but it, it weeded out people that were kind of freeloading, kept the yeah. people that found tons of value and people showed up more and we hired an awesome uh, operator to run it. And now we're 500. I didn't know it was that big. Wow. That's amazing. I think I've been a mayor for a little more of a year. I, by the way, you said a ton of stuff. You and I are wired the same way. Like I joined Vanessa because I wanted to build something. From the same exact way. And then I think I've told you this, but I, I ran an online community for people with rare diseases for a long time. That's right. Good. But like, I, I totally empathize with your working at night, you know, doing it, it's, it's addictive. It's like so fun and your people are getting a lot of value out of it. It's fun to see. You call it OG most of the time, but it's called Operators Guild. Definitely. And I remember, and there's just a lot of good questions there, like random stuff when you're running a business or maybe you're a finance person or a chief operating officer or something like that, that you well, have like peer group you can just ask the question to well here's where i think og gets super interesting after looking back six seven years the most proud thing about og is that of the 500 not a single one was sold to marketed to we don't have a salesperson we don't have a marketing person it's not a business i don't pay my kids tuition with this yeah translation it's all word of mouth yeah, yeah, yeah. It grew with word of mouth. And what happens with, when you have a completely organic community is it it has a whole different feel and ethos compared to traditional professional communities. So yeah. I'm not going to name some, but we've all been to the wine and cheese blazer party where welcome every Friday we will meet and you can you know dress in your blazer, have awkward circle conversations where you're like, hey, LinkedIn Connect, LinkedIn Connect. And what I realized was if I look back at all the air quote networking I've done, the stuff that has been the most valuable is my friends. It's yeah. Scott. It's not meet friends through it. You know, the other thing I like about it is it's very efficient. Like I can just ask a question when I need to, or I'll answer people's questions when I have a thought. It's like, it's like efficient networking, I guess maybe the social network, but like, I don't have to sit at a cocktail party. That's right. Mm-hmm. someone's terrible stories or things like that. I just kind of read what I want to read. And, and there's some weekly or, Maybe it's like once a month, there's like a lunch get together, things like that, where you do stuff with video. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like it, and those are high quality, but it's like almost like exactly fit for our time. It's a, it's a really, it's a really great service. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And, and cause, cause what happened is that the punchline is we're 500 friends who happen to know what we do for a living. We're not 500 operators on an email distro. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. So it creates a different um, safety ethos and authenticity is probably the word I'm looking for. So that's so, what I'm most proud of. That's really cool. Uh, is there any, like, if, if people are interested in that, what do, what, what do they do? Like, because yeah. we're talking about it. Do they reach out to you via email? How, how should they get involved? You absolutely can. The easiest way is our website, operators-guild.com. And, and from there, you can read about it. There's an apply button. Obviously, uh, you know, if it's how you heard about it, it could be the podcast, it could be Scott. And that's where I love reading that question. Where'd you hear about it? And it's an OG member. <laughs> uh, so it's cool. It's, it's a great service and it makes a lot of people smarter and kudos to you. Kudos to Jamie. And yeah, you guys, it's, I, I can't believe it's 500 people. Like it must've like doubled in the last year. Right. Or something like that. Like it feels like it's gone up a lot. Yeah. COVID actually, uh, accelerated oh, it. Yeah. Um, then the need for navigating through uncertain times with friends and the loneliness and the yeah. uncertainty was awesome. And providing that was just, once again, I go back to the word friendship. I didn't realize how much of it was 
we're a friendship group. I know it sounds kind of weird, yeah. but that's what makes it just different. Yeah. The PVP time was really good because everyone was in the dark. Everyone was piecing together what they knew. It was, it was a shit show and we're about to enter another shit show of PVP too next week. And yeah, it's just so helpful to have like professionals that you can rely on. So I knew, I knew more than our council because the, the power of crowdsourcing. So we were all doing PPP live. People would literally in real time be like, actually, they just changed it. Actually, it's this. No. And I would challenge my council for a thousand an hour and say, that's not the new rules. He goes, yes, it is. And I would source it. I'd be like, no, look at this. So the amazing ability to leverage a community was super cool to see in action. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say, like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals of the company. And so you can click on the chart out profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is ChartOp has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartOp. Check it out, chartop.com. We use it at Cruise, really like it, and I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. So that's OG. Let's talk about your other passion besides family, which is land it, landing, excuse me. Yep. This is a cool idea. So do you want to explain your startup? So I'll explain the startup and and more so Bill, who's the founder, I think, which is a very important background. But uh landing in short wants to be the you know, Marriott Starwood of apartment living. Similar to used cars, it's a very fragmented market. It's a painful experience, lack of transparency, et cetera. And there's just no one front door, no one place. I think Carvana is doing it for used cars. Yep. So that's that's landing in a nutshell. Open door did it for houses. That's what Open Door is doing for houses. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that was fortuitous is so one of the premises of landing is the status quo is Craigslist, Ikea, Home Depot, Comcast, and 12-month lease, unfurnished, four white walls, leasing office. That's pretty much what it is for a long time. We've all, well, most of us have done the San Francisco, New York apartment hunting. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. We have all stories. We all are, you know, have our battle wounds. It's that. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. And so everything from flexibility. So why does it have to be 12 months? Why can't it be four, three? Yeah, yeah. And so what's interesting is when you think about flexibility over time, you know, no one stays at 30 years at a job anymore, right? Now it's like on average operators said two years, just, just as a demographic. But the point is even buying a home now, people get worried because maybe I move and then COVID well, happened. It's, not to COVID, it's like, it, this is, this is like tailor made for you guys. You Boom. Know? COVID was like, wait a minute, I can work for Scott in Denver or Wyoming or yeah. Virginia or wherever. Yeah. But what is a hurdle to moving? Furniture. Yep. Um, all the other costs that go with it. Now you just bring your toothbrush. So you know what? I want to try Austin for a bit. Go try Austin. Maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. I don't want to buy all this Ikea furniture. Or if I do, it's going to be ragtag. Great. You're done with that? You want to go to New York? 
go to New York. So we're like yep. 70 markets, hopefully we'll be international and, and, and it is membership based. So think like kind of like Inspirato is there's a concierge service. There's much higher in touch, but yeah, it's great. Class A, class B availability. That's great. So I didn't know you guys are in 70 markets. That's, that's insane. Yeah. I, I, I think we're most proud of our selection. And oh, the other thing is we do unfurnished too. So we, we, we are the one front door for landlords. So it's not just furnished. So imagine a world where you go look at a site and on the left side, it's an empty uh, floor yeah. plan look and it has a price on it. And on the right side, it's furnished and there's a price on it. Why can't you choose furnished or not? Yeah, for sure. So you guys go to a landlord and say like, hey, we've, we, we can manage this building in the same way that Marriott manages uh, a hotel that a REIT owns, real estate investment trust owns. And we're going to make it first class and people are going to have a great experience and we're good at this and we're good at that concierge service and it's beneficial to both of us. You get, you get a higher rent, we collect some service fees and everyone and the customer wins because it's a better experience, right? That's the idea. Bingo. I mean, what does Four Seasons have? They have a bag full of great customers, yep. right? That's what they bring. And, and so a brand and right. expectation. Yeah. That's, that's exactly super. right. That's exactly right. So 70 markets, like that's, is it? all throughout the United States or do you guys like, how do you, how do you choose your markets? Like what, what's the methodology? Uh, it probably, the, you know, the usual way you would think, you know, one is the denser markets, um, the markets that have the most, you know, in and outs. Uh, so you mm -hmm. start with the tier one markets and, you know, the classic demographics of, of a certain socioeconomic, right? Because obviously it's, it's, it's furnished, right? So it's going to be more than the traditional, but you know, eventually it's going to be, you know, it's, it's a top 50, top 70. In, in fact, I think, the goal is not to be just New York, San Francisco. In fact, it's probably the opposite, mm -hmm. right? Where, where it really works extremely well is in your fifteen hundred a month rent. That instead of fifteen hundred, maybe it's two thousand or nineteen hundred, but you get twenty thousand dollars worth of furniture. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And and you don't have you to deal with any issues. Lease earlier or long stay longer or whatever it is, right? That's a big part of what you guys are offering. Oh, by the way, no deposit. Yeah. Wow, yeah. no deposit. Yeah, no, no security deposit. No, a lot of these fees are gone. Yeah, it's just a different experience. You know, it's so with COVID, what I saw happen with some of our team members was we we still had we're national or international, but we still had seven people in San Francisco. But all five besides Vanessa and I moved out of San Francisco immediately when COVID hit, and almost all of them did like a journey around the United States over a couple months and lived in a bunch of different cities just to kind of. And some of them, some people are just still doing it, you know, and that's fine with us, but this makes so much sense. Cause you can go from like one landing, uh, property to another and just oh. have that freedom. It's really cool. Send them our way. Yeah. I'm jealous. Cause I'm 44, almost 44. And I, I would have totally done this in my twenties or early thirties, you know, like, Oh my God, what a, what an opportunity. I know exactly what you mean. I have team members who are in Hawaii and Montana and I'm like, I got three little ones. I have to stay here. Uh, you know, I know exactly what you mean. So you guys are going to, you guys are uh, just keep expanding the markets and keep expanding properties in the market. That's really cool. Wow. I forgot how you got connected with the company. You Did you know? Oh, so yeah. So I mentioned Bill. The short answer is I joined for Bill. Uh, and, and this is what's, I think, such an interesting story is if, for those who knew me coming out of WeWork, I actually really love WeWork. So people think it's like, a no, I love growth stage. I learned a ton. There's a lot of benefits. I'm a growth operator. Um, I had a air quote tattoo on my arm that says, do not do early stage. Uh, I've done multiple stages from 10 to 50 to 150 to 3000 to 10,000. And, you know, there's like a Goldilocks and I was like, okay, this growth stage, 
let's go nuts. The more zeros, the bigger, the more ambitious. That's me. Um, yeah. And so recruiters knew that my friends knew that and, uh, diverse partners uh, called up and said, Hey, would you meet a guy named Bill Smith? And I looked at it, prop tech series a, nope. You're like series a, Uh Oh, and, and also I'm coming off of WeWork, Right. So it's like, Oh man, like, nope. I, we were, you and I were, that's when we met, you were doing like crazy, you know, finance meetings all day long and stuff like that, trying to like save the company and figure out what the go forward for WeWork was going to look like and things like that. So that was a stressful time. Yeah, uh, it was, it was intense. Uh, um, and you kind of learn the most during those times. Yeah, totally. So in that sense, I was extremely grateful. And then they said, just meet with them. I said, okay, sure. Why not? And every success of meeting was like more interesting. And more interesting, not even about the business. You know, I've done this for I don't know, I've said six startups now or seven. I don't. I've lost count. It is about the founder. Yeah. More so than you would ever think. What's so unique about Bill is I've worked for a lot of great founders. Most of them are first time. Sometimes first time is awesome. Sometimes they, you know, they have to learn a few things. Yeah. And so we, I've done it. Go ahead. I said we certainly had to learn some things. You know, exactly. But imagine the second time around or the yeah. third time around, there's a lot of things you don't even need to tell them anymore. Yeah. And Bill's a four time. Uh, Bill, I believe if I get the story right, he's at the age of five asked for a briefcase. You know, it's from an entrepreneur family. He's just that built that way. Um, I believe at 16, he, he was, you know, had a business or side business that was, you know, making enough money where he's like, I, I, I just need to continue to do that. So he just left school. Um, so, so the end of 16, he's just been building businesses. I think three successful exits. You may have heard his last one is called shipped sold to target. Uh, and he's just an incredible operator. And so part of it was, you know what? I've never worked for a four time operator and he, and I, I believe it's a skill sport. I mean, if you think Elon Musk is yet getting lucky all three times, it's not, there's skill yeah. in it. There is a art to it. But the business model, of course, was tricky, right? It's capital intensive. And I, I was like, ah, humming and hawing. And then, you know what? I said, you know what? I want to go work with Bill. Yeah. But the, the biggest thing he said to me that won me over was, Casey, you know, you can say I'm successful. You can say I've done this stuff. But I've, I've, I've learned a great lesson, a mistake that I won't do again. Hiring seasoned late stage talent too late. He goes, a lot of companies, what they do is let's do series A and then we're going to just swap them out and the series C yeah. and then we're going to, he's like, what are you saving? You're saving this, but it's nonlinear. Yeah. You get a Scott Cruz to come in and set up your shop versus what's that worth? It's it's yeah. more than whatever premium you charge. And so he understood that. Yeah. Well, also he's got the track record to be able to raise capital at good, good valuations that facilitate that too. That's the, that's one of the benefits. That's right. Of being a seasoned entrepreneur and, and being successful. So that's right. That's And, it's, and he appreciates finance. Yeah. So finance intensive too. It's like, you know, yeah. Spot on. So those two combined with Bill, I was like, you know what? He's like, come on, let's just try it. We'll know in 12 months. And he also said, I'm going big or going home. Right. You know, I can be with my kids. Don't need to work. And I love that. He's yeah. like, we're going to make a difference in an industry or forget it. Not worth my time. I'm like, let's go. And you know yeah. what? It's been almost 12 months and pretty happy. I made that decision. Uh, and despite my tattoo. Are you rolling up your uh, your sleeve? <laughs> I can see the video here. Uh, that's amazing. Well, 
you've had a good run. It sounds like you got a couple really awesome years ahead of you at landing and the OG is going to keep you busy. Like you got, you got a lot on your plate. Plus you got like three kids, don't you? Or how many kids you got? Yeah. I have three now. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Very full life. That's right. That's right. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming by. I really appreciate it. Everyone can check out Operators Guild and email Casey or click to join and then check out Landing. It is, it sounds amazing. Like this is, again, something I wish existed when I was uh, in my 20s and th early 30s when I had a lot more personal freedom than I do now. I would, be, I would be all over the, I'd probably be hitting all 70 of those markets at different times. <laughs> Please do. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. So when your troubles are mounting, in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise, Founders and Friends, it's Cruise Consulting, Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Old. Scotty.